uh, changing um, perspective and uh, becoming, obviously we don't like to hear this, but a person becoming uncomfortable is one of the, uh, one of the, the primary uh, um, realities of life. One of the realities of life is that a person is uncomfortable. And when a person is uncomfortable, um, it's okay. Um, one of the biggest challenges that we have is that we don't like to have problems and we don't like to be uncomfortable. We want everything to be uh, perfect. We want to wake up and everything is, is uh, the birds are chirping and the music is playing and our insides are, are perfect and the family is exactly the way we want, we want it to be, our roommates, our feelings. And one of the challenges that we have in life is we, we're waiting and expecting for everything to be just right. And when there's a problem, so that's a problem. That's the problem, is oh, I have a problem. I have anxiety. I have uh, this thing missing in my life. Um, I have this thing that's a problem. I have that thing that's a problem. And, and then that becomes, that takes over the way we look at life. As opposed to when a person recognizes and a person doesn't fight his reality, as, as we always say, authentic, sustainable happiness, let alone emotional health, comes from one's connection to reality. If you want to be happy and you want to be emotionally healthy, so it's so important for a person not to fight his reality. Just the actual fighting of the problem that we have to fight our thinking and to fight what is, sometimes is exactly what the problem is. That's where guilt comes in, that's where shame comes in. When a person doesn't want to live in the reality that he's living in and wishes that, that, that I didn't have or didn't experience or didn't um, feel or didn't uh, come upon these, these certain things and I wish it was different. When you fight reality, and we'll talk about what reality is in a second, reality really is what is. That's, that's ultimately what reality is. It's, it is what is. When a person fights what is, so you're going to lose 100% of the time. You're going to lose every time. And, and part of the challenges that we have is that people sometimes can sit there and they can fight and fight and fight and fight what is. You know, one of my favorite lines that I say, it's, it's, more, it's not a new line, just um, to me, it's, I, I realize how much, it, uh, how much it, it, it applies to so many things. It says, if you have told a child a thousand times and he still does not understand. It is not the child who is the slow learner. Again, Stam, it's a great lesson in, in Chinuch, but we're going, I'm going to apply it to a lot of other things. If you have told a child, Yehuda, you hear this a thousand times. It's unbelievable. This is, this is right? A thousand times and he still does not understand. It is not the child who is the slow learner. Okay? Now, what, what's the shot in that, just to talk that out? It's not so much, thank you so much. It's not so much as far as telling a child. 
right? What about telling yourself? When you tell yourself something a thousand times and you still don't get it, so then, so then it's not the thing that's the problem, right? If you're trying to, right, let's give an example. If a person, right, is telling, let's, let's flip it, because we're, we're not, it's, this is not a chinuch, we're not dealing with, you know, uh, I mean, some of us here do deal with raising children, but, but, uh, but it, for, for everyone else that you're, you're looking to raise yourself and looking at your relationship with your parents, looking at your relationship with your, the, your peers in yeshiva or somebody. So if you have told somebody something a thousand times and they still don't understand, so they are not the problem. They're not the slow learner. It's you who are... You, you're, it's, it's on you. So if you speak to someone and you get triggered every time you speak to that person, every time you speak to that person or every time you're in that situation, there's this thing or that happens or you feel this way or you feel that way, it's not the situation that's the problem. It's, it's the way you look at the situation that is the problem. And the more a person recognizes it, that's why lush and heart, that's why we start off with purity of speech, because a person can literally be in, in Gehenna. A person literally can be in, in living his life in, in this world, and he can mamish, I hate this guy, and I hate this guy, and I hate this situation, and this thing is hard for me, and this thing is terrible, and this thing, and he could sit there burning up the entire world, and it's so hard for him. It's very, very hard for that person, and, and I feel for that person. And we all go through that many times. We all struggle with that, where, where, we, where, we, um, where we look at people and we look at situations and we look at things, and I think that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is that we're looking at other people and we're looking at other things and we're, you know, and we're, and we're trying to, it's not the other thing that, that, that did anything, it's, it's you. It's not, the, it's not your mother, it's not your father, it's not your roommate. When a person recognizes that it's not, if a person would stop for a second and say, wait one second, it's not my roommate, it's not my parents, it's not my situation, it's something inside of me. It's not my spouse, it's not my children. Mir Tushem, you'll have that as well. It's not your children. You could speak to, I speak to parents sometimes and they say, I speak it to, to good parents. And they say, and I, I've had this, I actually had this the other day, I was speaking to, to a parent and they were saying, they were talking all about their child and their child's this and their child's that. And I stopped the person and I said to them, I said, I just wanna, I, I just wanna ask you a question. I said, maybe it's all you. I said, no child, no child is, is bad. No child is, is difficult. No child, no child. Children are naturally want to do good things. They want to be good. They want to be happy. They want to be successful. They want to be honest. We're the ones who mess up the children. The children are, are, are smart. They're inquisitive. They're curious. They're honest, right? You see, you see a little kid, he'll be as honest as can be. Right? What happens is we, we push and we have our agendas and we have triggers. Mr. Shem, you'll see. You think you're triggered by people now. Just wait till you're married and wait till you have children. 
Your children will trigger you, will trigger you like crazy. Your children will trigger you like bananas, right? And then you'll blame it on your wife, right? It's from it's it's my wife's fault, right? It's from her side of the family. That's what we say, right? It's from her side of the family. Yeah, that's it. That's what we do. That's what you'll do. But hopefully you'll catch yourself. I'm not saying you're not going to do it. If you, you you will do it, question is you catch yourself. Okay. Question comments. I made a bracha on my on my water, so I'm continuing with my coffee here. Thank you, Yitzi. Question comments, please. Yes, Zach. Wow. Uh, you said people are always trying to stop the problem. Mm-hmm. Where do we draw the line between solving the problem and um, and like? I guess embrace Oh, great question. Great question. Zach is asking the million dollar question. Uh, Zach is asking, so if I'm understanding you right, Zach, is um, so you're telling me not to, not to uh, be bothered that I have a problem, but, but if I accept the problem, I'm going to live with the problem. I'm going to be in the problem. So, so I'll tell you the truth. That's, that's probably one of the biggest um, problems is that we think that way. Is that we think that the only way for me to get rid of my problem, and I'm going to go a little bit quickly into IPCO, for those who know IPCO. I'll say it quickly. I've mentioned it before, right? Um, and that is that there are, there are four ways of looking at, at, at a problem, we'll call it Zach. And hopefully this will help you, right? The worst way to look at it is that it's an issue. A person can have an issue with something for many, many, many years. I have an issue, I got an issue with my mom, I got an issue with my, with my this, I have an issue with, with drugs, I got an issue with, with this, an issue, 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 right? And the word issue, got it? You got an issue. It's called lack of clarity. You're not even in the world of problem yet. You don't even identify. Ask Dr. Yehuda Mattel over here, right? He'll tell you one of the first things as a psychologist that a person needs to do. I don't know if they still do it, but back in the day, they used to do it like this. What is, what's the first thing you have to fill out when you meet someone and you're talking to a, a someone? Someone comes to you, you're a therapist, right? Or let's say you're a rabbi, or let's say you're a mentor. Someone walks to you and talks to you. What's the first thing you need to do, Zach, you with me still? Yes. What's the first thing you need to do, you know what's it called? The, what's the presenting? Yes. They still do that. What's the presenting problem? First you have to identify. Someone comes to you. So ultimately what is, right, if I ask someone here, right, oh, I, I sleep all day, or I, I, I can't stop drinking, I can't stop, you know, watching things, I can't stop hating this person, whatever it is, right? What's the question? What's the presenting problem? What's the problem? When you, when you have an issue with something, it's very vague. You have an issue. I have an issue, it's very vague. I walk into a room and uh, I get nervous. I blah, 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 blah. What's the problem? So the first thing is you wanna break down to identify what the problem is. You with me? What's the difference between an issue and a problem? Exactly. An issue is unclarity. I have an issue with this person, I have an issue, I have an issue, a problem is solved. We solve problems. A problem is clarity. It's not just, oh, it's all vague. When we're vague, anxiety, for example, 
Right? When I speak to people about anxiety, I don't let them use the word anxiety. Why? Because anxiety in itself says that it's vague. I have anxiety. No, you don't have anxiety. I'm afraid of X, Y, and Z. I'm scared that X, Y, and Z is going to happen. That's called the presenting problem. After you get through the problem, what do you realize? Let me ask you a question. If, you, um, if a person is playing, oh, Shalom, Shalom Atzadik is here, so we could ask Shalom. Right, Shalom, you're on the court, you're on the court, and you're playing, and you're playing well, and then a big guy comes to you, and he starts playing, someone you've never met before, and he's playing real strong defense, and he's shutting you down. You got a problem. You got a problem. Now, if you go ahead and you let that, let, let that problem take over you, he's going to shut you down. So what do you say? You say, oh, it's a challenge. I got a challenge. When you say it's a challenge, when you say, whoa, 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 it's not a problem. Now he's challenging me. Then your heart starts pumping a little bit more. You're not like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, I'm in trouble. You start getting excited. That's a challenge that I want to overcome. I'm going to show this guy I'm going to do it. And then the last step, the highest step, the highest step is you look and you say it's an opportunity. Why is it an opportunity? Because if every time Shalom gets on the court, he's playing with people who are worse than him. If every time he goes on the court, he's playing with eighth graders, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm all that, I'm all that. He'll never get anywhere in life. The only time you get anywhere in life is when you look at it and you say, it's an opportunity. This is not a problem. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for me to be great. Chazal say, Zach, I know you're like, when, when am I going to answer your question? I'm answering your question right now. Chazal say that when a person at Lalasid Lalo, well, they're going to shech the Yitzhahara. And when they shech the Yitzhara, it says that the tzaddikim, where it says both Rishayim and tzaddikim are going to cry. It says the tzaddikim are going to cry. One child is going to cry, right? We've spoken about this. They're going to cry out of happiness. Another child is really going to cry. Why are they going to cry? No more challenges. What? No more challenges. No more challenges. And I'm going to say one more step. It's not no more challenges. No it's more no more, what? No more opportunities. There you go. Exactly. No more opportunities. When I look at my challenge, when I look at my challenge, when I look at my challenge, and I look at my challenge and I say, you know what? And this was Zach's question. Zach's question is, what's going to be if I actually accept the fact that I have a problem? What's going to be if I actually sit there and say, you know what? I'm a big Baltimore. I accept the fact that I'm a big Baltimore. What's going to be if a person accepts the fact that he says, you know what? I am a lazy guy. I'm lazy. You know what? What's going, to, what, what's going to happen if a person accepts the fact that I suffer from uh, social anxiety, which a lot of people suffer from. People don't even realize that they suffer from it. Because they think I'm supposed to walk into a room with a lot of people, right? Because this is what the movies show. This is what the social media shows that I'm supposed to walk into a place, I'm supposed to feel comfortable with everybody at all times. And if I'm uncomfortable, there's a problem. That's what people think. No, there's no problem. There is no problem. That's normal. It's 
It's very healthy to be uncomfortable. Do you know that? It's very healthy to be self-conscious. It's very healthy. Because it means you care about the way you look, you care about the way you feel, you care. Okay, it could, it could take over your life. One of the reasons it takes over your life is because you beat yourself up for being self-conscious, and then you become more self-conscious, and there's something wrong with me, whatever it is. It's not an opportunity anymore. But when a person loves his problems, and a person loves the fact that I have this problem, and it's an opportunity, that is when he will begin to be able to live the life that he was meant to live. Does that answer your question a little bit, Zach? Yeah. Thank you, Zach. Oh, Zach. Thank you, Shalom. Thank you, Shalom. Thank you, Shalom. Oh, right. The story says Thank you. Shalom, thank you, Avia. Welcome, Avia. And I want to say something. Shalom, the reason it's easier to do it on the basketball court, no offense to basketball, I love basketball. The reason it's easier to do it on the basketball court because a shkoyot, big deal, okay. Exactly. So you're better, unless you're going to the NBA, if you were going to the NBA, you were going to something, it would be hard there also because the Yitzhahara would want to stop you from getting to the NBA. Someone's going to say, what? The Yitzhahara is going to stop me from getting to the NBA? But you know what I'm saying. But it's true. That was your goal in life. The Yitzhahara would be much stronger. But when it comes to other problems, the Yitzhahara is like, ooh, I got this guy. I'm going to make it an issue and not make him look at his life and say, this is an op. Imagine if we looked at our problems, Zach, and our things that we struggle with. Imagine. Imagine looking at your life. Imagine how free you would feel. Imagine how amazing you would feel if you looked at everything that you struggle with. And all your problems. And you said, yes, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is incredible. This is unbelievable. Imagine if a person looked at that and accepted that and said, wow, this is going to help me become great. This is going to help me. We wouldn't be in denial. Don't even notice I am lying. The reason I am in denial. Don't even notice I am lying. The reason we lie to ourselves is because we don't accept ourselves with our problems. We don't accept it. We don't want to accept it. We don't want to... <clears throat> I told this to someone <clears throat> the other day. I'll get to you in a second, Yosef. I told this to someone the other day. I said, he said, we had... We, 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 had um, we spent some time recently, and he was in a very down, bad mood. I was okay with it. I was like, okay, you're in a bad, down mood. It's fine. It happens to everybody. And then he told, told, sent me a message afterwards. We sat together and we were schmoozing and he was really down. And he said to me, Rabbi, I'm so sorry that I was so down when we were together. And I was like, what are you talking about? First of all, you were down, but that's great. You were really dealing with stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he says, oh, I love you, Rabbi. I said, I love you too. And then I said, I want to tell you something. I love you, I said, not in, a, not in a negative way, but the truth. I said, I love you more than you love me. I love you more than you love me. I'm sorry. I said, I love you more than you love yourself, which, which is natural. A lot of times we don't love ourselves as much as we need. I said, why? Because <clears throat> I love you 
<clears throat> even your, your, your downs, I love you. I love you even with your downs. I accept you even with your shortcomings. Not only is it that I could be so well, I could endure your, your negatives. I'm okay with your negatives. And it's much easier to do that with other people. With other people, we're much easier to have empathy and to love them and to say, okay, you know what? You have this challenge, right? When it comes to a student, when it comes to someone younger, we could show empathy. You're going through a hard time. We could go ahead and put our arm around the person, say, take your time. It's okay. But when it comes to ourselves, like Zach was saying, when it comes to ourselves, I don't have patience. I can't do it. That's the yate Sarah Harper. That's why we need each other. That's why we need each other to say, take your time. Love yourself more. It will only help you get through whatever you need to get through. People are scared like Zach. That's why I said it's a million dollar question. People are scared. They're scared, uh, or, or it's the Yitzhahara. I'm not sure. It's probably, it's probably a mixture of both. They're afraid to love and to accept their shortcomings. They're afraid to be vulnerable in a real way, to say, you know what, I really, really struggle with this. I can't handle this thing. It's really too hard for me. And they struggle with giving themselves the proper love and acceptance of whatever it is that they're dealing with. I said this in, in, uh, I was in Shabbos in the Old City. I said this shot over um, from, from Rav Dessler that Shal Nalecha is at the holiest place from Rebessa. He says, Take off, I've said this to Yeshiva before, but I want you guys to hear this. One thing you'll remember in your life is this God. Take off your shoes because the place that you are standing is holy. When you take off your shoes, your feet smell. Your feet smell. That's the holy place. Where it smells. Where your chesronos are. Where your shortcomings are. Where your problems are. That's where it's holy. It's not holy. People think, people think, you know where my holiness is? My holiness is when I'm inspired. People think, where's my holiness? My holiness then is when I have the good day. That's not your holiness. It's not your holiness. Your holiness is when you have a bad day. Your holiness is when you have a bad day and you struggle and it's difficult for you. Right? In the same muscle as the basketball. It's the same muscle. How do you become better? You become better when you have someone pushing against you. You become better when things are difficult for you. I had a Rebbe once said, when you have an aliyah, and you feel inspired, and you feel great, that could be a urethra. And when you have a urethra, because you're working harder and harder, that could actually be an elite. And we're waiting. We're all waiting for everything to be just, ah, ah, so beautiful. So beautiful. That's the exact opposite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. This is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. 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 Even in the RFL, in the darkness, in the dark. Rabbi Gadi Berg said a beautiful shot. I hope I'm saying it right. He said it. He said
He said it recently. He said, what's the chart? Maybe you can real quick. I want him to say the chart. It was his chart. Say you're a child with a kota, kota, the, the wall. Kaiso, diving to the wall. Just diving to a wall. Say with what? Do you mind? I just want to say it properly. It's your child. You were right there. I said, why not? You want me to say with the word with the kaiso? Well, we were just saying kisham, just to give you the the preface. We were saying that Hashem is 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 in the darkness. We sometimes think that Hashem is in the light. It's Hashem is in my problems. So Rabbi Berg's told me. So, uh, so I, was by, I was by the Kaisal like uh, a couple weeks ago by Moses Shabbos. And I was, I was, uh, I was just, I, from what I usually sit like down and I sat and I was watching everybody else up. And I had this like, this my Shabbos felt in my head. I'm like, like yeah, see hundreds of people are all diving to a wall. Hundreds of people are just diving to a wall. I was like, and so, like, okay, it's like, it's like such a weird thing. I was just diving to a wall. And I was like, okay, I'll see it's not a wall, you know. Mishkina, there's basically there's Mishkinas there. But like, Kolodaru, that we had, like, for thousands of years, we've had Jews, you know, coming and, and praying, and praying to a wall. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what, like, what can I learn out of this? What can I learn from this? And then, and then I realized, I had this mashallah fell down on my head, that, you know, in life, like, a lot of times I want to get somewhere. I want to like accomplish something. And then all something like something, you know, gets in my way. There's like Meneas is like to say. Something blocks me from getting to where I have to go. And I'm like, Hashem, it's like, this isn't fair. I want to like get close to you. And this like, this thing, this like annoying situation is like stopping me from getting close to you. But then I realized that, that Hashem, Hashem is in the wall. It's, it's not that there's a wall blocking you to get to Hashem. Hashem is telling a message. He's saying, I'm in the wall. And that's, what, that's what's going on. Redami told, I'm in the wall. I'm right. This is me also. This difficult situation, this is also me over here. And, 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 and embrace. You can, and some, you know, obviously, not, but you can embrace that as well. Like we can dive to Hashem the wall. That's what we're talking about. And when a person has heart, I just want to say, it's very that's a high madrega. It's a high level for a person because the Yitzhahara, like Rabbi Berg was saying, wants to say, get out of here already. Just get out of here. I got this problem. I don't want to, I don't have this problem. I don't want this problem. Why? Why don't I want this problem? Because you're fighting reality. And when you fight reality, you will only lose every time. When you fight a cat from meowing and you want the cat to bark, he will never ever bark, I promise you. Just like when you're expecting your, when you call your father on the phone, or you call your mother on the phone, or you call your, or you walk into your room and you're expecting your roommate. It's like, how could it be I walk into my room and every time I get angry at my roommate every time because I expected my roommate. Oh, there he is. He's sleeping again. Oh, there he is, my roommate. He's a mess again. You've been walking into your room a, a thousand times. What are you doing? You're fighting reality. You're fighting the truth. 
And when you fight the truth, you're going to lose. So, so too, when we have shortcomings, when we have problems, that's why that's why I love why? Because when I look at that person, and that person triggers me, and that person makes me feel a certain way, or I look negatively at the person, and I can swear, I would swear that it's him. Well, of course it's him. And that's why is when someone else says, oh, yeah, I have this all the time. People say, I understand. So if I think that this guy is a self-centered guy, and then my friend tells me, that he's self-centered, you're like, yeah. Why, why does it feel so good? Why are you like, I told it, I knew it, yes, I knew, I knew it, I knew it. Because what does it do? It means it's so true, it's not me. Rabbi Fisher always says, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. But you see, it's not me, because my friend agrees with me that he's self-centered. Why, why do we like that so much? Because we don't want to own it. We want to say that he's the problem. I'm not the problem. We want to say that it's the traffic that's the problem. We want to say that it's the weather that's the problem. And like I said, just wait till you're married. I love that. Everyone's like, yeah, but my roommate's different because I don't love my roommate. But I'm going to love my wife. My roommate I can be angry at, but my wife I'm going to love more. And everyone who's married is smiling at. Why are all the married guys smiling? And all the single guys are like, well, what are you talking about? Because they, they know it's true. Yeah, because they know it's true. You know what's true? Because the people who you love the most are the people who you hurt the most. The people who you're closer to are the people you hurt. So if you hurt your roommate and you can't stand your roommate, oh, just wait till you get married. Just wait till she is your roommate and she leaves something on the floor where she doesn't exactly put the air conditioner or the heat exactly the way you want it. And you're gonna say, no, 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 no. I read all, I'm gonna read these books. I love when guys, they read the books, right, on marriage. Read all the books you want in the world. It's not gonna do anything. Okay, yes, Joseph. I, I, don't, mean, I don't mean that in a, read books, to be honest. That's not, uh, it's, it's about, it's about, Honestly, it's about learning, it's about learning how to love problems. It's learning how to not hate yourself with your problems. It's learning how to, learn it. you have to learn this. It's not something that's going to just happen in one second. It's not something that you're gonna change overnight. It's something that you have to learn to accept, to accept because otherwise you're gonna fall into the same trap where you're going to be blaming your wife, you're going to be blaming your kids, and then you'll have your in-laws to blame. Thank you, remember, you'll be, you'll be blaming your, your in-laws, you'll be blaming your brother-in-law, you'll be blaming, you'll have more people to blame for your, for your problems that you have. But when a person is always, that's why people are asking me, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to work for myself. That's why when I get thumbs up from someone like, who's been around, He's been around and he knows the craziness of the world more than all of us. Because he's seen, he saw when JFK took off his hat, right? Tell, tell, tell everybody. We've spoken about that. When JFK, you guys don't even know, you got JFK. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's an airport, right? JFK. JFK was actually a president of the United States. He was no way. assassinated, right? John F. Kennedy. Okay, I'm joking. You all know that. 
But the biggest thing that you have to know about JFK is what I remember about Bill Clinton. What do I remember about Bill Clinton? Besides all the graduates of Bill Clinton that you guys will know. But Bill Clinton, I remember, he, he showed up, because I remember when MTV, sorry, I'm saying it in Spanish, but we'll learn from it. People still know what MTV is, right? Yeah. Okay, I remember cable when we had MTV. I'm like, oh my God, MTV is so cool. You can watch music videos all day, all that. MTV before they had the stupid shows that they had. I'm saying MTV was music television. Bill Clinton, the President of the United States, went into MTV and sat there and had questions and was talking about underwear. I was like, this is the president, this guy's, this guy's the president. I want the president to be hushed. I want the president to be on MTV. I remember I was so disappointed. So why am I saying that, JFK? But tell us, what do I say? Yes, listen up well, this is history that is important history. This history that happened in 19, 1961, everybody. Before some of your parents were. Now what happened? What what dropped? Hat sales dropped. You understand? Not Jews. I'm talking about Jews. Going. All people would walk around with hats. Right. Right. Respect. Couple. Because he's so much bigger than me, uh, I decide 
when he gets the ball, I'm going to slip off. Right. And he gets the ball, and he's like, wait, weren't you just challenging me the whole time? Right. And then he gets the ball, and he doesn't know what to do with it, puts it up, and then he misses, and I get the rebound. Right? And it, and it happened, and it worked. So I felt that I, my way of challenging was stepping out, not actually doing it. But what I wanted to accomplish actually happened. So I wanted to know if, if I see that this is a, this is too much of a challenge. Oh, maybe I got to back off so that I could be able to, then, you know, because he's way bigger than me. And this is the best way to go about it. So you remind me, so Yosef, you remind me of a question that you asked me um, over two years ago. You're going to remember. You're going to be like, oh, how did you right? You went to Kiva Drazen, sent me a text, and asked me a question from the old city. And the question was, do you remember what I'm referring to? Rebbe only says that you got to smash your rear view. Now you remember the question? What? Side of the road. Yeah. So he said, what do you do? Yosef asked me this question. And Rebbe, you always say smash your rear view mirrors. You got to look in front of you. But let's say, let's say it's raining. And let's say, I don't have, I was talking about you got to think of your future and build your goals. Right? You remember the question? You asked me that question. Remember what I answered you? What? Oh. So he says, so what do you do if I don't have clarity? It's raining. The windshield wipers are broken. I don't have vision of what I'm going to do. So I asked him, well, what would you do if you were driving? What would you do? So what would you do? You'd pull over the car, and you'd call someone, and you'd ask for help. Remember that? So I'm saying the same thing. Sometimes in life, when you have a big man coming, Fabiel comes on the court, and he's a big guy, and you're like, uh-oh, I don't think I can handle this problem. Yes, Rabbi Fisher, we just spoke about that this is an opportunity, and I'm in this, but sometimes a person is like, whoa, this problem is way too big for me to handle. So you know what I'm going to do? And this works the best for also. You can go ahead and say, I need help. I need help. We've got to double team them. I need some of that. Okay, right. Well, my point is, my point is, my point is, is that a lot of times when we have a problem, you'll see. A lot of times that we're trying to figure it out ourselves. If it's too big for us to handle, we can ask for help. We can have someone help us and support us and be there with us. And that very much a lot of times helps us more than trying to figure it out ourselves. The reason we try and figure it out ourselves is we want to back away and we want to this, oh blah. Because we can't admit that I can't handle this problem. But there's nothing wrong with saying I can't handle this problem. No, I am admitting. I'm admitting I can't handle it. Right. So that's that's a good yeah, step. Yeah, that's great. It's um, amazing. It's step off. Yeah. Thank you, Jose, for both of you. Thank you. I'm glad you remember. I'm not just who had a prophet. I was about to say, I remember in our army, when they changed the rules, told you to walk around with it, to come down the head. And all of a sudden, um, I think it was, I don't know which, uh, the army changed it, everyone like, walked around over here. So you had all this, all you did walk around with the covered head. Right, it, it made a, you, you felt the difference. Right, I forgot why, what my point of saying that was. My point was, was uh, I don't remember what, what we were uh, talking about that, but yeah. Thank you, Rafi. Yeah. So I, so I just wanted to share uh, uh, an experience which I had connected with what I was saying before. Yeah. About how we have our, our challenges.
challenges that come up, our issues, challenges, problems, or opportunities right. that might come up, and uh, and how it really starts from working on ourselves now because it's for sure going to happen, you yes. know, at some point. So I recently had, um, and like this is even while being in this culture of like you know I'm the issue, you know right. like, I'm the problem, I'm right. the opportunity, whatever. So we try not to tell. We try very much to minimize, my wife and I, we try very much to minimize saying no. Because a lot of times, if we're just saying no to our kid, it's just us trying not to actually talk it out with them, and not to have the conversation with them, validate what they're feeling, explain to them whatever it might be. Right. Right? It's easy to say no. Right, exactly. So we try not to say the word no. Right. And, and an awesome outcome of that, which I was loving, was that my kid hardly ever said no. Like, I don't even know if she knew what that word was. Yeah. Wow. wow. So recently, so when something's happening that she doesn't want to happen, if we're putting her in bed and you know she's cranky or if we're taking away something, whatever it might be, something dangerous, whatever. So she'll say like no, 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 you know? So she'll say the word no. So <laughs> So the other day, I just like out of nowhere, I just started having this whole thing going on in my head because my daughter hangs out a lot with her cousins, and the only cousins that I have around are from like my wife's side. <laughs> so I start having this whole story going on in my head how she hangs out a lot by the in-laws, and it's from the in-laws, and I'm having this whole story going on about the in-laws, you know, in-laws meaning like brother-in-laws, sisters, so like. Like nephews, nieces, you know, from, right. but from right. the other side. Sure, of course, right. And I start creating this whole story, and I'm just like, and then Baruch Hashem. So I was able to kind of like catch myself. I started like laughing a little bit, you know, at just how right away, which makes sense, because when you're stressed out, so you dysregulate, you know. And like my mind just totally went there, and then I took like the minute to sort of think about it and. First of all, I don't want to keep my kid in like in like a, in like a room that she can't be with anybody. But I also realized that the main issue here is that I was I was trying to put it on me, and I realized that I'm so uncomfortable when when, when my kid says no because I have no idea how I'm supposed to deal with that. Do I like I don't know? Do I like ignore it? Do I try to get her not to say no to her father? Like like I have no idea how to deal with that. So it was like. It's such an uncomfortable situation for me that that that's why I'm getting stressed out, and and then I'm running to blame like my wife's whole side of the family, why my kid is saying no because she's hanging out with their kids, and like that's just crazy, and I love it, you know, and, like I love their kids. So. Unbelievable! 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 When you sit in this little charm for six years. Six years straight, that's what happens. Unbelievable. I'm like, oh, Rabbi Erblot. This guy's Rabbi Erblot. This guy is, oh, It's all your fault. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> that's his father in law. So, um, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Good. That's good. That's good, Yehuda. That was amazing. Yes. I heard an amazing thing about loving your struggles. Yeah. Also Shabbos. Yeah. Um, from a Miller. So, like, for, I can't say, but he said that um, there was a, a neighborhood in Lakewood 
that for every new house that they uh, built over there in that neighborhood, you planted a, a, a certain type of tree next to every house. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, there are a whole neighborhood with the same tree uh, next to every house. Right. And then uh, when uh, Sandy hit, uh, the hurricane Sandy, so a lot of the trees flew away with the, with the hurricane. And he said that after the hurricane happened, they saw that there were some places where the trees flew away from the hurricane, and there were some places where the trees remained. They didn't fly away. So uh, they, they wanted to investigate it and see why, why, why some, some trees, yes, why some trees not. They were all planted at the same time, same tree, and they discovered that the trees that got less water were the ones that survived, because they had to struggle to find more water they have to dig deeper. The roots, the roots through the struggling and finding more water that they uh, stood strong wow. during the tough times. Amazing, amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Wow. Okay, beautiful. Amazing. And I just want to say, and we'll just end off with this and then we'll learn the halacha. I just want to say is that, is that um, to not like your struggles is, is also very uh, normal. And it's okay that you don't like your struggle. It's okay that we don't want to struggle. You know, we talk about this because we want to remind ourselves of the truth. But just like Yehuda is saying, you know, you might not want your child to say no, 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 but she's going to say no, no, no. With the in-laws, without the in-laws, with you, without you, that's just, it's going to happen. So, so these are things in life that, that uh, are normal, is that we're going to have bad days, we're going to look at people, and we're going to be negative at people and we're going to listen to the news and we're going to want to be swept up in the news but like Yehuda was saying you know we want to press press pause for a second and take a step back and say whoa 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 I want to I, do I want to live like this is this the life that I want to live is this how I want to be do I want to be a negative person is there a way that I can learn to love my struggles is there a way I can learn to love my struggles is there a way that I can learn to appreciate my pain and my challenges and whatever it is. And when you have that perspective and you learn to constantly, and that's not something that just changes overnight. It's something that you want to remind yourself every day. You have to remind yourself all the time. The more you talk about it, the more you think about it, the more you read about it, the more you (coughs) know about it, then your life starts becoming a different life. Your life starts becoming a different life because you're not bogged down. A lot of times we wake up in the morning and the thoughts that hit our head are constant. And those thoughts are constantly, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't believe this and this. And I'll never do this and I'll never be able to do this. And how am I going to do that? And how am I that? And we're taken over by negativity. We're taken over by, by the way the world uh, you know, pushes us to think a certain way. And we get, as Menachem Goldberger, who's here with us right now, as he said the line, which is to me one of the li- lionists of the lines, that, 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 you know, one of the greatest lines of, you know, a, jaw, a dog chasing its own tail. Have you ever see a dog chase its own tail? So Menachem said an incredible line. He says, at least the dog is chasing its own tail. <coughs> we chase other people's tails. We chase other people's tails. At least the dog is chasing its own tail. So you, you want to ask yourself that question. Whose tail am I chasing? Whose tail am I chasing? Yes, Yosef. Like, um, about chasing, uh, you know, like a crazy thing happened like, on the way to Yeshiva. 
sometimes we uh, watch um, highlights of sports that happened the night before or something like that. So we were watching a football game, right? And it was a crazy thing because this specific player never got shut out in his whole entire career. And we were all going crazy like, wow, this has never happened ever in his whole career. And then afterwards, we're just like tripping about it. But someone's like, oh, I need to go watch and see what somebody else says about this. And we have to like quickly turn it off. And I have to hear what the expert from ESPN says about this. And it wasn't, I'm like, why do we have to run to see what the expert from ESPN says about it? You know what just happened. You saw what happened. Why don't you just take it in yourself and be like, oh wow, that's pretty crazy. I can't believe it. Why do I have to hear it from the agenda that someone else is pushing on us? I was like, oh. Crazy thing beautiful, I like that. Beautiful, good, 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 good. I like that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Amazing, amazing. Okay, uh, praising someone. You have to be careful when you praise someone, page 181, day 70. You have to worry about praising someone in a manner which can cause ill feelings. Sometimes by praising someone, one can cause ill feelings. Oh, we did this last time. Okay, we'll do it again. It's fine. Right? If someone lends... Uh, if your partner Moshe and Levi are partners in business, so you tell Moshe your partner Levi is so generous. Last week he lent me a hundred thousand dollars from the business. So even though it's a positive thing, but the partner is going to be upset um, that you said that, right? Or your wealthy uncle lends you money from time to time. Your friend um, who has a reputation of not paying back loans approaches him. Your uncle is hesitant to help him. But when your friend tells you, oh, by the way, your uncle didn't lend me money, you say, oh, wow, I'm so surprised because he always lends me money. So even though you're saying something positive, you end up saying something and causing two people to be upset at each other. Okay, Hashem will help each and every one of us. We should be Zoha, all of us, to see the good in each other, to see the good in ourselves, to see the good in Klal Yisrael, not to hear any negative thing about any person, any Jewish person, any Yid. You should only hear wonderful, wonderful news. Right? It's almost like you can't read the news because the news doesn't post anything that's wonderful. The news only posts things that are, that are negative. Be very careful with the news. Even the from news. Right? Even the from news. Even the from news outlets. I don't know. I don't know what the shot is, but I'm saying... Even the, from news outlets, you have to be very, very careful because, because they could say things that, are, that we believe and say things that are whatever it is. A person has to be very, very careful with that. So Hashem will help each and every one of us. We should be Zoha to only see the good in each other, to see the good in ourselves, to see the good in Klal Yisrael, to hear good news, to hear only wonderful things, us and all the Jewish people. Amen. Um, I just want to, um, I guess, uh, we've been talking about a little bit, we'll just do for a few minutes, um, talking about um, Kedusha, holiness, um, as the Ramchal ends off, and and he says very clearly um, that what helps a person with uh, Kedusha, the concept of Kedusha, holiness, is the concept um, of appreciating um, the, the little things that you have. Appreciating the, um, the, the, 
the wonderful things that we have. We, we live in a, in a time of abundance, which we're blessed to have abundance. What abundance does is abundance doesn't help us appreciate the little things that we have because we always want more and more and more and more and more and more and more. Kedusha is when every little thing that a person has, he's able to set it aside to say, wow, this is special. When a person makes a bracha on food, he brings holiness and kedusha to the food. When a person goes ahead and he stops for a second before he eats lunch, and he says, thank you, Hashem, and he is mindful, and he stops, and he takes it slow, and he connects to the food on a very basic level, he brings holiness. Before a person goes ahead and goes to sleep, and he says, Kriya Shema Lamita, he says, Hashem, thank you for a wonderful day. I hope I'm able to sleep well. Make it that I have amazing dreams. Make it that I sleep so comfortably so I can get up in the morning. I want to be able to get up with, with excitement, whatever it is. That brings holiness and Kedusha to your bed, to your sleeping. When a person goes ahead and he plays basketball, when a person goes ahead and plays basketball, and he says, I want to play basketball, I want to work out, so this will help me feel good, so it can help me be healthy, that I could be a, a happier person, that I could learn better, that I could be a, a better person, that I could judge people favorably, and it's a good thing, good thing, you bring holiness to the workout. People think that this is just like a nice, cute thing. It's not cute, it's not nice, it's Judaism. In Derech Hashem, he says very clearly that if a person has the proper kavana, the gra says this as well. The gra says the same exact thing. If a person has the proper kavana when he's doing something like working out, something like playing basketball, something physical, something physical that is totally mutter, and you're doing it with the right intentions, it's like you are putting on tefillin. It has the holiness like you're putting on tefillin. If you approach this world and you do it properly, you can do everything in this world that's incredible and you get mitzvahs out of it and you connect to Hashem. Sounds, sounds pretty incredible and it is incredible. Okay, so we'll stop with that. Hashem will help us all. As we say all the time, you're worried about your future. Don't worry about your future. There's nothing to worry about. Have an amazing today because when you have a great today, you're doing the best thing you can do for your future. And if you're worried about what you did yesterday or you're worried about what you did a week ago, there's nothing you could do about what you did a week ago. There's nothing you could do. It's done. It's finished. It's not here. The best thing you could do about what you did a week ago or yesterday or two days ago or last night or a month ago, the best thing you could do, well, let me say better, the only thing you can do is you could have a great today. There's nothing else you could do. You don't have yesterday. It never, never will ever come back. Never ever for the rest of your life. But what you could do is you could have a great today. It's the best thing you could do. I always say, you'll see when you're married, you could apologize to your wife from today till tomorrow. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I say this when it comes, when it comes around to Hilchas Tshuva and El, we'll talk about this again. You could say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry a million times. You'll see when you're in your relationship. You don't, nobody wants to hear I'm sorry too many times. What do you want to hear? What do you want to see? You want to see a change. When a person does something different today than you did yesterday, then you could apologize.
But a person who's constantly, I'm sorry, oy, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Im asisa chavile shalaveros, as I'll say, if you did a lot of averos, you know what you could do to fix them? Asay chavile shal mitzvahs kinegdan. Do a lot of good things. You do a lot of good things, that's the best that we can do. Hashem will help us have an incredible first day of the rest of our life. Amen.